0: this is the passive real estate podcast the premier podcast for passive real estate investors matt jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively welcome back i'm matt jones and today on the passive real estate podcast i welcome beth underhill welcome beth it's great to have you on the show
1: thanks so much it's great to be here
0: excellent Uh, what would you like the audience to know about yourself
1: So I am, let's see, I'm married, uh, one child, four dogs. Um, I'm a power lifter. I hold um, national and regional records. Um, I've been doing that for five years. Um, So I'm a fitness enthusiast. Um, And really, I've been a serial entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. I think I inherited that trait from my dad. Nice,
0: excellent. Yeah, so yeah, my niece is a power lifter as well, so that's good to hear. It's so,
1: ah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, powerlifting is great. You know, it's um, there's a lot of parallels to real estate investing. uh with powerlifting, at least I have found there to be. So I do talk quite a bit about those parallels um in social media posts and with other people. So nice.
0: And how did you get started with real estate investing?
1: So my, you know, my husband and I, ever since we met, we, we've owned real estate in some capacity, either for our um, business that we've had for 23 years, we build outdoor living spaces in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, so we've had property um, for that particular business that we have have sold. And, and now actually, we just work out of our home and subcontract everything out. Um, but really, we we started through an infomercial. Um, 2.30 in the morning, my husband would, could not sleep. He, um, he has some sleep issues. And he saw this um, infomercial that was about fixing and flipping single family homes. And uh, his idea was, well, hey, if we can build outdoor living spaces, we should be able to fix and flip single family you know, homes, right. We should be able to do the interiors and so forth. So we ended up, or he ended up, I should say, signing us up for um, a one day wonder workshop that led to a three day event, which led to a five day event. And that's how our journey started. So we began at the end of 2018 uh, fixing and flipping single family homes. And we did that for about four years, five and a half million dollars worth of homes here in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is where we reside. And, um, And we realized after a while that it was like another job. You know, we were not only, building outdoor living spaces. We were also now taking on something very similar to that. And, and while we thought we would be able to manage it well, it really wasn't, wasn't our cup of tea. So I actually attended a multifamily syndication workshop, which opened my eyes to the world of active and passive real estate investing. And that was two years ago. Um, and since then, I just dove into the space and never looked back.
0: Yeah, but I thought the late night infomercials as well as HGTV makes fix and flipping seem so easy. Like you just do it and then boom, it's done and you make a lot of money.
1: They do make it seem so easy and they make it seem like you can do it so quickly as well, which is really not the case. Um, it's it's challenging, uh, especially with contractors, um, you know, materials, you know, going through COVID, that was a challenge just from a material supply standpoint. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes you you hit home runs and you can sell a property relatively quick. After you've renovated it. Um, and sometimes it takes longer. Now we, I will say this, we travel down a path that probably most people don't travel down when they first start fixing and flipping. Most individuals will do or or entities will do the, the lipstick on a pig, um, you know, houses that maybe have, a, a. $15,000, $20,000 Fifteen twenty dollars $20,000 budget, we were doing houses that had $250,000 budgets, adding on thousand, a thousand square feet to a home, popping the roof um, on a ranch and adding a second story. So those projects did take um, much longer. Um, the margins, of course, were there. But in looking back at just the the headaches for the return, it just didn't make any sense. So that's why we pivoted.
0: Very good. Yeah, I hear you there. So two years ago, you started your uh, kind of angling towards passive investing. And then so now are you just strictly passive or you do a little bit of active still or how does that work?
1: No, I would say I'm more active than I am passive. So we, um, I have uh, several different partnerships actually in which we actively pursue various types of asset classes. So I have one partnership in which we go after um, student housing and multifamily. Um, I have another partnership. Uh, we like to invest in hotels in the Caribbean. Um, uh, we have one hotel, um, one hotel that we've had now for a year and a half, another one that we're working to acquire, hopefully, fingers crossed, by the end of July, um, end of this month. So, um, so yeah, so different strategies. From a passive standpoint, we have an Airbnb arbitrage. And I would say that's passive in the sense that we have a property manager. Um, all we did was set it up, find, we found the property, um, furnished the property, and you know, property manager handles it, and we just collect payments once a month, or our wired payments, I should say, once a month, and then we in turn wire the owner of the property um, the lease amount, and that's that's really about as passive as we are right now.
0: Very good. Yeah, arbitrage is a, a decent way to get into Airbnb for a low cost because then you're just renting the space from somebody else and then re-renting it for a profit, which is yep. nice. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I'm curious to hear more about your Caribbean investing, this hotel. uh, Tell me about it.
1: Sure. Which one would you like to know about? (laughs) Uh, start, Start with the first one. Okay. so this one is actually in Panama, Central America. Um, we acquired this a year and a half ago, um, through a master lease. So we have a five-year master lease, but we're looking to refinance or actually finance. I should say the owners out of it now. Um, it, it requires that this particular property, um, definitely a value add. And I actually brought an investor to the table. He worked with us with some of our single family fix and flips and he invested into it and brought the capital so that we could do all of the renovations necessary for it. Uh, so that's been great. So we're turning around the property. It didn't have, um, I'll say it didn't have the best reputation, but the reputation is now improving. We're seeing better results on um, Google and uh, you know all the travel booking sites and so forth. Um, and we actually have, um, I'm sure you've heard of the um, the show Survivor. Mm-hmm. And currently right now, Survivor is occupying the property for three months, um, cast crew, whole nine yards. and they are not filming at the hotel, but they're filming somewhere. Close to Panama, but they they took over the entire hotel so that they can take care of all their filming. So this is a great revenue stream for us. Uh, we have a couple of other groups doing something very similar into next year. So we're excited that this is just going to help us take this property to the next level.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So I was, I was curious if uh, the uh, you know the, the new season when it comes out that uh, you would see the contestants and then the background. There's a you know nice restaurant at the hotel or whatever. People carrying mai Ties and pina coladas or whatever. Yeah.
1: You might actually see our hotel then. So,
0: Uh, and then is this done through a, like a joint venture or a syndication or what's the legal structure that you have behind it?
1: So that one is a joint venture, uh, just as the one that we are looking to acquire in, um, at the end of July, that one's actually in Antigua. So that one is a joint venture as well. Um, in this particular case, the owners, um, they just want to retire. They've had this property for a number of years, um, both owners, husband, wife, well, actually fiance, I should say, I they think they're getting married soon after they, um, after they move on from this hotel, but, uh, they're from Italy, and they're in their um, 80s, and they just want to go back to Italy and spend the rest of their time there, um, continue to travel and not have to worry about the day-to-day operations of a hotel. So that's where we come in. Um, This has been off market. Um, My husband has uh, visited the property um, several times. We've also had one of our other partners uh, down there. Um, And, you know, they're ready to, to hand the keys over to us, and we're excited to be taking this property on.
0: So what's it like overseeing these properties that are so far away?
1: Um, You know, the nice thing about it is, you know, a lot of times there's already management in place and we're going to maintain that management. Uh, When you think of places like Antigua, um, travel and tourism, that is kind of their bread and butter, bread and butter in terms of how they um, how they survive, how they live so you really have some very loyal employees that want to stick around. And as long as you treat them right, um, they're going to stay and they've already been doing a fantastic job taking care of, um, the guests. And so why not, you know, just continue that path, uh, no need to rock the boat. So it does make life easy. Now we will have, um, I think we've, we started to figure out everyone's going to take turns traveling to Antigua uh, for this particular property Um, from a managerial standpoint, um, you know, someone will go down for a month at a time and and whatnot. Um, But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, that runs. I mean, we'll see how that goes. I mean, they do have an in-place manager and and she's doing a fantastic job. So um, I think as long as the trust gets established, there shouldn't be any issues.
0: Excellent. And also buying investment property is where you like to travel to is a great thing because then uh, it can be a business trip to go down and, and see it.
1: Exactly. That's how I look at it. That's why I like to, you know, invest in a variety of different places because I get to write it all off. So
0: excellent. And then are you um, with your partnerships that are with the multifamily and student housing? Do you take on any passive investors with those or are those also joint ventures?
1: No, those are all syndications. So we do take on passive investors, um, and I have had the pleasure of actually, um, as the investor relations uh, for those particular um, um, properties, I've had the pleasure of working with passive investors, and that's been um, that's been a wonderful experience. Actually, I've, I've met so many amazing people. Um, it, uh, in a lot of ways, it's pushed me beyond my um, boundaries of what I thought I could do. um, And, and I've had fun with it. So yeah, continuing, I'm going to, I look forward to continuing on that journey as we have two more properties under contract that we're currently raising for. So.
0: What kind of multifamily properties do you syndicate?
1: Um, Right now we're actually only going after class A properties. So we want ones that are cash flowing. We were realize that the returns may not may may not be as great as potentially a value add property um, but we're we're shooting for safety instead so.
0: Yeah, I agree. At this point in the market cycle, that uh, makes a lot of sense versus mm-hmm. a, a risk. You don't know where things are going to be in a year, but I can guarantee you things are going to look a, a lot different with real estate a year from now than they do uh, currently. So
1: oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: if we're, if we are indeed going into a recession, class A is uh, safer. It gets hit hard the least or, uh, you know, not as hard as like class C or especially class D, which <laughs> really gets hit hard. Right. Um, how about your um, student housing? What uh, sort of properties are those?
1: Uh, Class A properties as well, too. So, um, most of them are, um, or I should say all of them are newer builds. Um, so, 2018, 2016, um, we have one that we just released uh, today, as a matter of fact, and that one is a 2022 um, product. So, newer properties, um, which makes, you know, maintenance um, things like that, you know, less expensive overall. Uh, they're in, you know, solid markets, University of Georgia, Murfreesboro, which is just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, you know, the the, the um, universities themselves are strong and they're showing continual growth in terms of um, Uh, student um, enrollment. And so that's what we're looking for. Um, When we can see that growth in the strong markets and you have a property that's generating cash flow, um, we acquired one at the end of December. um, uh, Class A property, it's in a smaller town. It's called Milledgeville, Georgia, which most people have never heard of, but uh, this is the 2018 build. um, Adorable cottage homes, um, four, five, six-bedroom we were able to make distributions um, right after the first quarter. And we're going to continue to make distributions because these properties are cash flowing already. And they, um, you know, you're able to push the rents uh, because the demand is there, especially when, and you hear time and time again, I, you know, I don't know how much um, you've, you've dove into the student housing market, but I just sent my daughter off to college last year, uh, first year at the university of Kentucky, and they didn't have enough, on-campus student housing and that is true of so many universities and what ends up happening is that demand of course ends up spilling over into the off-campus student housing and that's where properties like ours come into play Um, and we have wait lists for all of our properties right now
0: excellent yeah i know some colleges are seeing a decline in enrollment so it's good to be picky about which colleges you're Mm -hmm. you're focused on investing around Uh, how large are these uh, student housing properties
1: So let's see, one is 252 beds. Um, Another one is 126 beds. Uh, The third one, which is actually in uh, Georgia, um, that one's a mixed use. So it has commercial space, as well as um, as well as the the housing. Um, So that's been really interesting. It's 100% occupied. um, And the uh, we've been told or promised, I should say that by the time we take over, all of the commercial space will have been leased out as well. And uh, they're doing a great job of of attracting some really neat uh, entities to take over the commercial space. So we like the fact that that one is mixed use, especially where it's located. Um, It can, um, you know, it can serve, it can serve several different purposes um, from an investment standpoint.
0: Awesome. And what sort of returns are you projecting or obtaining with these Class A student housing projects?
1: Sure, Um, 18% IRR has been the average. Uh, a 2x equity multiple, um, 7 or 8% cash on cash. So pretty decent returns.
0: Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and are these done through 506B or 506C? 506E. Okay. So then uh, do you have any projects underway that you're able to talk about?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can talk about all of them. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Yeah, with five hundred six C, you can talk publicly, you know, before a deal closes. But five hundred six B, not so much. Uh, right. So, right. Um, what uh, what's your next project that you're, uh, you know, either you haven't capital raised yet, or you're in the process of capital raising for?
1: So, um, so we're in the process of capital raising for two hundred fifty two units and. In- Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee, which um, serves Middle State, Tennessee University. Um, that one, uh, again, the returns that I mentioned earlier, 18% IRR, 8% cash on cash, and um, 2x uh, equity multiple. Um, we love this. It's 0.1 miles away from campus, hmm. um, and MTSU just released um Uh, a news blurb, uh, probably about, I think it was about three weeks ago, that for the first time in history, they don't have enough on-campus housing for their students. So, and we currently at this point have a wait list of, I think we're pushing around 65 or so, um, which is sweet going into, but we're already 100% pre-leased for the 2023-2024 school year. So we're sitting in a great position, um, the business plan, of course, is to just push rents. We do have some some capital expenditures we need to take care of because this is a 2016 build, so there are some things that uh, that uh, we need to address. Um, but they're they're minor, nothing nothing crazy. Um, but. The business plan is, of course, to push rents, and that's what the current owner um, began to do towards the end of the lease-up period, and he started pushing rents to where we want these rents to be and had no problem getting them. So um, we will be able to, uh, once we take this over, um, which should be sometime in August, we will be able to distribute, um, I would say, after the fourth quarter, um, but safely, um, definitely the first quarter of 2024.
0: Oh, that's pretty awesome. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, how can a passive investor determine if like what you have going on with student housing and multifamily, if if, uh, you're a good match for what they're looking for?
1: Well, I think it depends on um, an investor's um, risk tolerance, um, level of communication, maybe with the sponsor. Um, You know, we always, you know, we always host a number of webinars. Um, We like to, to talk, you know, to our investors at great length. We want them to get to know us. I think one of the most important things that sometimes is often overlooked is, um, you know, does a team, what does their full cycle full cycle performance actually look like? Um, a lot of times people will gravitate towards um, the syndications, the teams that are um, very you know, um, for lack of a better word, loud on social media, um, that maybe are are blasting things all over the place and and just sharing their successes and hey, we have you know five thousand units under man you know five thousand units and x number of you know dollars in assets under management and so forth, but they've never gone full cycle on a property. So we have a very experienced team, um, twenty plus years from some of our um, general partners, uh, the senior principals I should say, and you know just given the fact that they have. You know, been there, done that. They've been through like the 2008 recession and so forth. Um, they know what's going to happen. They, they, um, you know, we underrate very conservatively. I think it's important for um, you know, if you're a passive investor, as you are looking to do deals, don't necessarily look at what somebody's doing right now, but look at their past and what that looks like.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, what is your role on your team with these other partners?
1: I actually handle marketing and investor relations. So I am actively on the phone with many of these investors, um, walking them through the investor portal, helping them to understand the private placement memorandum, um, anything, any question that they have. Um, If I feel like I need to pull um, one of the principals in um, that, you know, we can always make that happen. Um, but no, I'm, I'm handling them from start to finish. And then I'm doing all the communication with them beyond that. Um, if it's, uh, um, updates, quarterly updates, K ones, um, you name it. So yes, I have some good relationships that with people that I never would have had otherwise.
0: Awesome. And, uh, what's the problem that you've encountered with one of your real estate investments and how was it handled?
1: So, Hmm. There, I was, I was, and I am soon not to be part of an RV park actually. So I entered into um, a joint venture with uh, several individuals with an RV park up in, um, in Ohio, let's just say, I I don't want to say too much about where it is or anything like that. But uh, anyways, the, um, the one thing about partnerships is um, that I think differentiates from, like syndications, for instance, um, is, you know, with the syndication, there's a business plan, everybody's on the same page with the business plan. Whereas with partnerships, sometimes, you know, people see things differently in terms of how, how things should go. And with this particular partnership, there were five of us um, one individual in particular felt that we needed to go big or go home to start off with, uh, with this RV park. Um, we were taking it over from a gentleman who really hadn't done much with the RV park. And, um, one of the partners wanted to have a big splash, um, grand opening for, um, entering into, uh, we are entering into Memorial Day weekend of our first year. We ended up spending too much money and didn't make any of that money back, which put us in the hole. And uh, we were in debt um, to many vendors Um, the, um, the event itself wasn't as successful as we had hoped it would be. Um, And really that just started us down a path of always playing catch up. Um, And it was just, it it became too hard to continue without somebody injecting more money into it. Um, We tried to find some other investors, but were very unsuccessful in doing so. Um, And as a result, um, the one partner whose idea this was to have this event. Um, he, he came to all of us and he's like, Hey, you know, how about we just dissolve this partnership and I'll take it over. And, and, uh, and I was, I was fine with that. So we are in the process of dissolving it. Um, it's unfortunate, but when you don't see eye to eye, um, and you don't always, um, you know, planning, um, you know, on the same page, I I think it can really hurt, uh, partnerships, uh, from that standpoint. And unfortunately that this one did, so it was sad.
0: That's too bad. Yeah. A partnership is like a, a marriage for you know, all intents and purposes for the length of the whole period of a property. So you want to make sure you're getting into with somebody that you like and, and mm-hmm. uh, can work with. All right. Uh, are you ready for a speed round? Sure. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing?
1: My favorite part about passive real estate investing. I love the distributions. I love the quarterly distributions. That's probably my favorite part. And actually being able to send quarterly distributions to investors um, makes me feel like we're doing our job. So that's what I love.
0: Cool. What do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started?
1: Well, if I could talk to my 20 year old self, I would have started doing this so much, you know, so long ago. And I probably wouldn't be here talking to you today. (laughs) Um, But I I would tell anybody, start early. If you can get involved in passive real estate investing as, you know, if you're 20, 30, whatever the case may be, don't wait until you're 50, which is where I'm at right now. Um, But I am a testament to the fact that you can start, you know, whenever and still make it happen.
0: Excellent. What's a book that you can recommend to other investors?
1: So one book that I absolutely love is uh, Prosperity by Robert Russell. Um, It's just a good mindset shift um, book to align yourself with, um, you know, accepting the fact that prosperity opulence is all around you and that you deserve it.
0: Cool. How can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you have going on with this uh, deal or or just general talk about real estate?
1: Sure, sure. Um, So investors can reach me, uh, Beth, at LifestyleEquitiesGroup.com. You can also reach me, Beth, at MTNInvestmentGroup.com. My phone number is 513-470-1078. Always happy to... Talk to any investor if they want to get involved. Um, text message, phone calls. Um, you can follow me at Investing with Beth on both TikTok and Instagram.
0: Cool. Well, I'll include those in the show notes as well as links to your websites. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet?
1: Um. No, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot today. So I really appreciate your time.
0: Yep. And I appreciate having you in the show. So have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Subscribe to this
1: podcast to
0: stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.